I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Oh, is that... You're right. What have you done now, Vicky? Oh, I, t- <laughs> I know. That's, that's me lift. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. So on this week's podcast, I have my good friend and the absolutely gorgeous, both inside and out, Kelly Brooke. Um, but before I welcome her to the show, I thought I would introduce you to this week's podcast subject. So this week, we are looking at the secret to feeling fabulous at 40, which is, of course, why Kelly was absolutely perfect for it. She is so gorgeous and just seems to have her shit totally together. Do you know what I mean? Handsome young fella, brilliant job, gorgeous garden, knows our way around a kitchen. I mean, is there anything this woman can't do? <laughs> I can't give you my secret on feeling fabulous at 40 because I'm a little way off. Um, But I can talk to you about how I felt when I was turning 30, I suppose. I think as you get older, big, big milestone birthdays, they tend to come with a lot of gravity and a lot of stress. And I'm not sure if it's society that puts the stress on or if we ourselves just just add pressure for unnecessary reasons. I know when I turned 30, it was all a bit scary for me. I was by no stretch of the imagination where I thought I should be. I thought I should be married and I thought I should have kids um, and I thought I'd just be really settled but actually I found myself in a place uh, that was completely the opposite. Everything I thought I'd known for the last four, four, three or four years was totally turned upside down um, and it felt like I was sort of starting, starting from scratch again and I think that added to my fears when I was sort of 30 odd. But when I sat down and really looked at it, um, I I don't think there was much societal pressure. I think it was me who was putting all of this gravity on it. We all do things at different times in our life, don't we? Getting your degree at 29 is still an achievement. Finding love at 35 is still beautiful. Having kids in your 40s is still an amazing thing. And you shouldn't hold yourself to anybody else's timeline or compare your journey to anyone else's. And I think when we truly start to embrace just living life and having fun and doing what's right for us at the right time, that's when we actually become fabulous. So that would be my only advice. Don't hold yourself to anybody else's timeline. Just embrace your journey and enjoy whatever's happening at that time because it's right for you.
<laughs> I hope that helps everybody out there. So just before I welcome Kelly, I thought I'd find out how everyone's been getting on this week. It feels as though the world is slightly starting to open up, which makes me happy on one hand, but also makes me incredibly anxious on another. Um, I'm not sure I'm ready for it all. Like I want certain things, like I want to be able to hug my baby niece and I wouldn't mind a pint in a pub, but I am quite scared about London traffic and crowds and all the rest of it. Does anyone else feel the same way? It's almost like I've got used to my little isolation bubble and I'm I'm not ready to say goodbye to it yet. I'm really scared that I'm going to go back to that like fast-paced way of life I had before that I just have in lockdown realised I didn't love. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting scared. <laughs> ignore me. Ignore me. I have had a really nice week uh, and I have been embracing the changes of the new of the new normal. I managed to get up to Newcastle at the weekend and see me friends. One of my mates is, um, has had quite a quite a long, hard, lonely pregnancy in lockdown, which I'm sure loads of you lasses out there listening can can probably relate to. She's missed all the lovely milestones and things that you normally have. Do you know what I mean? Like the agenda reveal and just all your mates being there for you and stuff. So we've decided we decided to throw her a secret baby shower and she was over the moon. It was so lovely. Um, doing it social distancing was a little bit weird, but no, it, it was just so nice to see everybody. And I suppose like that part of that part of lockdown being over, I'm really looking forward to. I have missed everybody loads. <laughs> anyway, anyway, enough of that. I'm sure you're all sick of hearing about me. I'm sure if you're following, following us on Instagram, you already knew anyway. But it's time to welcome the lovely and talented and fabulous at 40, Kelly Brooke. Hello. Hi, God. How are hey, you? Hey, I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on. Don't be so daft. I'm so grateful you wanted to do it. For anyone who doesn't know, Kelly is a super busy woman. Like, you've got your radio show, you've got your regular slots on this morning, you've got that bloody lovely looking fella. I just don't know how you managed to keep up with it all. <laughs> I know. And to be honest, it's been uh, quite challenging during lockdown to kind of figure out how to do everything I was doing at home <laughs> but somehow we managed to do it but I absolutely love being busy I'm not one of those people that um takes a lot of holidays anyway I know it looks yeah. like I do on my Instagram but no I just I love working I'm a workaholic well the devil makes work for idle hands don't they mate so I know where you're coming from <laughs> But you're busy. I mean, how long have you been doing this podcast for? Oh, the podcast is relatively new. Kelsey, you are my, I think you're my eighth guest. Um, oh. Yeah, I know, right? Who have you but, had uh, on? Oh, we've had some good ones. We've had Ovi from Love Island. We've had oh. Pete Wicks from Towie. We had Giovanna Fletcher, the author and podcaster. No, we've kept it, um, we've kept it really varied and really fresh. I'm loving doing it. Oh, great. You're, this is great for you. You're just getting paid to like chat to your mates. This is like perfect. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm all about working smart, not hard, Kel. You know yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Before anyone who's listening to this must think, oh, yeah, they just dived straight on this podcast, started having a chat. No, we've been trying to get this technical thing working for about 45 minutes. It's not as easy as it looks. How oh, on no. earth have you been doing your radio show from home as well? 
Yeah, it was so challenging. I mean, when I first um, had an idea that we were going to be going into lockdown, I did say to my producer, um, have you kind of considered like how we're going to do the show from home? And he said, what do you mean? You're coming into the studio. You're an essential worker. And I've <laughs> never considered myself essential in anything. And I said, how am I an essential worker? He said, well, people need uh, travel updates. They need the news updates every half an hour. So you need to be here making sure that everyone knows what's going on. And I thought, and it was like the first time where I really thought, oh, I actually have got a proper job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kelly, I feel like you're being a little bit hard on yourself there, mate. You, oh. You've had so many jobs over the years. I feel like you've had like the the professional equivalent of a cat's nine lives you've had so many <laughs> well you know what it's like in this industry like one minute you're up and then you're down and then you're up and then you're down and I think the key is you know you've got to be resilient you've got to be mm. flexible and you've got to give things a go and not be scared to fall flat on your face because it's just what keeps you going you know I've tried yeah. so many things and for whatever reason and sometimes it's no fault of my own that they don't work but things don't work and you yeah. just have to kind of dust yourself off and move on I think as soon as you kind of approach something and think oh this is it now this is going to be a hit this is you know this is going to go for years yeah. more often than not it fails but then there'll be something like the radio for example where I went in as like a week's cover for somebody just had mm -hmm. a bit of fun and it's yeah. and two years later I'm still doing it so you just never know like where you're path's gonna lead that's it and it's like you say like it is being brave and taking those chances and putting yourself out there that ultimately will end up working out for you and paying off yeah um you never regret the chances that you take it's the ones that you don't take that you regret yeah so when you did the jungle i mean did you have any idea that you would like win that show you just don't know <laughs> Do I mean, you know maybe you did. I don't know. But, <laughs> but you don't know how they're going to edit you, how you're going to come across. Like, you don't know. Like, you could have no. a meltdown one day and they just show that and people think, oh, she's a drama queen. Get her off. Yeah. Or you come across lovely and they show all your loveliness and best bits and you end up winning. And that takes your life into a whole new direction. So you can't really control it, to be honest. Nah, you can't. And especially with TV, it's sort of out of your hands, isn't it? Like, when, especially yeah. when you're not producing it, someone else has got that level of control. Um, and like you say, I remember always hearing, do you remember Jimmy Bullard when he was in Kel? And he yeah. had that he had that row with Jake Quickenden. And apparently it was dead two-sided. They were giving each other as good as they got. But the way it was edited, Jimmy just looked terrible and he'd been favourite to win. And before you knew it, he was first out because of that <gasps> one moment. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. It just goes to show, doesn't it? Yeah, it does go to show. But like I said, like, yes, I've had like lots of amazing experiences as as you have as well. And I just yeah. think, you know, if you're really passionate about what you do, you just kind of let the knocks be a learning curve and not let them kind of get to you. And you just, you know, I'm quite strong like that. I just kind of keep going. And also, I don't mm. know how to do anything else. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, mate. <laughs> seem as though you've got it all figured out Kel because I mean I look at your life right and at one point you were living in Hollywood you were walking red carpets you were wearing these barely there dresses and can I just add sidebar rocking the <laughs> shit out of them now you're like super settled in this gorgeous Primrose Hill house with a wonderful like partner doing your gardening mate it's like it's a world away from that life you used to live 
Yeah, it is. I grew out of it, to be honest. I mean, I mm. turned 40 last year mm. and uh, L.A. is a fantastic place, but it's really a young, young, young person's place. Like it's right. you, where you go and all your dreams can come true. And don't forget, like when I went there, I went with Jason, who had an amazing opportunity to go and live out there and work in <laughs> films. And, you know, I was riding, you know, I, like both of us were kind of like, it was an adventure yeah. and it was an amazing adventure. But also like, I always see my life as chapters and mm. I wouldn't want to go back and try and recreate that because it would never be the same. So it's just yeah. trying to find something else. And also I don't, like, I love L.A., but I'm such a British girl. Like, I love <laughs> beans on toast and cups of tea and EastEnders. And I love my mates and I love the pub. And, and there is all of that that you kind of leave behind. So, yeah. you know, as much as it looks great out there, and it is great, it's a lovely place to visit and I love visiting. Like, I just don't want to live there. Nah. And I think, as, by the way, when Kelly says Jason, for anyone who doesn't know, she's talking about Jason Statham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's still there and absolutely smashing it. And that's great. But um, <laughs> yeah, he, I just... He obviously just doesn't love beans and toast as much as you do. <laughs> oh, no, he does. I can guarantee he does. It was definitely the first thing we used to eat when we stepped off the plane home after being oh. out there for like three months working on like whatever we was working on. We'd come home and it'd be like the first meal would be beans on toast with a bit of cheese on top. We loved it. <laughs> <laughs> but I can imagine, although it is glamorous, Kel, and it does, it looks glamorous and the sun's always shining and everyone's super gorgeous. I Right, this is my thing. I reckon it might be, it feels like it looks a bit lonely. Is it? Was it ever lonely out there? Oh, yeah. I think the life, the thing is, I think being an actor or actress or anyone that works a lot in telly, you spend a lot of your time on location and I think that is extremely lonely. So I would be like, I did a show called Smallville back in the day. Like it was one of my mm -hmm. first TV shows. And I only did like five episodes. And I went to, I was in Vancouver in a hotel mm -hmm. and it's like the most beautiful place, but there was no one to share it with. I was just there alone. Mm -hmm. So when you're kind of in a beautiful, no matter how beautiful the hotel is, like if you're there alone, like who are you having dinner with? Like who are you, yeah. you know, you're not gonna go and go on bike rides on your own and stuff like that. So it can be quite ice. I mean, I did, but it's isolating. So yeah, it is a little bit kind of empty in a way. But you know, you're, you're living your dream and you're doing what you love, which is great. But you do kind of go, oh, I thought this wasn't quite what I thought I wanted. I, you know, you do miss, you miss your family. You miss your, like what's familiar to you, I think. Yeah, I'd you would. I reckon you'd. Oh, I don't think you'd love America like that, Vicky. You'd be, no. you're such a Newcastle girl. Proper, babe. I'd be the same as you. I'd be like, oh my god, no! I want my friends. I want my family. I want my English TV. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be tearing my hair out. Like I couldn't enjoy the nice stuff, Kel, because I'd be missing me home so much. This is it. And then you spend all your wages flying people out to see you. <laughs> it's just pointless. <laughs> oh, like, bless come you. And, come and visit. They're like, we can't afford the flight. I'll pay it. Don't worry. Just get on the plane. <laughs> There's a nightmare. <laughs> oh, bless you, mate. Well, you do seem like you're proper settled and proper happy now. How have you been finding lockdown? 
Well, I mean, selfishly, I've absolutely enjoyed the time just to stop, <laughs> just to stop and actually like reflect and look back over yeah. like those like amazing times and go, oh, wow, I never really think back to living in LA. I never really think mm. back to holidays I've had or experiences I've had. And then to like go through old photo albums and look through your phone and think, what was I doing this time last year? Like, when do we ever yeah. do that? We're always about what's next? What can yeah. we plan next? What like we want more 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 so to actually for someone to say like no there is no more this is it you can't make any more plans we don't know it's you know the unknown is here now we don't know what's going to happen so mm. you had no choice but to like kind of use your imagination and kind of revisit those moments that you've created those memories which i really enjoyed i thought that was incredible i think you've echo like echoed so many of my sentiments kel like and i think lockdown was a total roller coaster like and we've all felt different things at different times but overall I felt exactly the same like so grateful for just this almost like a pause does yeah. that make sense yeah because we do we live life so fast always wanting the next big thing not really being grateful for the things we've achieved or what we've got or who we've got in our life always just looking for something else the next chapter and I think it's been lovely for her to take our foot off the gas and just just enjoy what we've got a little bit yeah I mean you've got your lovely man as well I mean how how did you two get on being completely like in each other's pockets for that time oh we've had our ups and downs Kel <laughs> I think we all have. I think we all yeah. love our partners, but I think yeah. there's definitely moments when we're like, oh my God, I want to kill you right now. Oh, you wouldn't be human, mate, if you hadn't. Like, I've spoken to a couple of people and they've been like, oh, we've absolutely loved it. And I think, right, you're full of shit. There's definitely got to have been a moment where you've thought, just, just get out my face, just get out my yeah. face. We've all experienced it. You know, we're not meant to be cooped up in a small space with someone for sort of three, four months. Or and undoubtedly, there's going to be fireworks sometimes. Yeah, I mean, my neighbour found Jeremy on the park bench down at the end of the road. He said, why are you sitting here? You've got a lovely <laughs> garden. And Jeremy said he was so embarrassed. He didn't know what to say. But I just had to get out of the house because you were driving me mad. <laughs> oh, bless him. He didn't even sit in the garden. He actually like left the left the building. Oh my god! So I think it I, went worked both ways. Yeah, I can totally empathise. Like I remember one day, and like, this was like right near the start of lockdown now, which feels like a different lifetime ago. But me and Erkan would be. From, I, I like me space, I like me independence, Kel, but Erkan would literally just be like attached to us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It wouldn't matter to him. He's got a big family. He's used to being like everyone being under each other's feet. So one day I just had enough, would be at each other's throat. Everything we said oh. was rubbing each other the, the wrong way. So he was on the balcony on a call. So I literally just, I just thought this is my opportunity. I walked out. I thought I'm going for a walk. I need some space. Well, he spotted us leaving the apartment from the balcony he followed us he come and followed us I was I was sitting in the park and he was like what are you doing I was like trying to get some fucking space he was like I just thought I'd come with you oh no it's so oh, funny no. he's such a beauty isn't he oh my oh. god Honestly, Kel, I'm so lucky. I've absolutely landed on my feet. Um, I've done a bit of a you. I'm, I'm, I'm playing the cougar for a bit. Like, I don't oh, know. yeah. I just thought, why not? 
absolutely. Oh, I love it. I mean, listen, we've all had our fair share of the wrong ones. So it's nice mm. when you finally meet someone lovely. And it brings out the best in you because when they're oh, nice, totally. it makes you nice. <laughs> that's it. And that's what I didn't realise for years is that I was with these men, right? And I'm not casting shade. Like, everybody's seen me. Past relationships didn't work out. It's no secret. But I was with these men who... It, the relationships were unhealthy at times they were toxic and I thought I could make them better I thought I was going to be able to fix them like I think it was like a wounded bird thing God yeah. knows. but I was like I'm going to make them better I'm going to fix them like we're going to have the I'm going to be like their savior almost and it never works out that way they just make you worse yeah they make you, they make you stressed they make you tired they make you exhausted with the process and they bring out the worst qualities in you That's it's it. taken me Nurkan for for my I suppose for me to realise just how nice that can be. I know, but then how much did Erkan have to do a bit of work? Because I know Jeremy had to do a bit of work on me in the beginning. Because you just assume they're going to be the same as everyone else. And so yeah. for a long time, you're just what you're like looking for it in a way. You're like, oh, this is it. This is when you're going to show that you're not really that nice and you're actually the same as all the rest. And then when they don't, you're a bit like, oh. I know. Kelly, but this is what I actually, right, this is the only thing about mine and Erkan's relationship. So obviously I've gone out with, and you can you can completely identify with this, I've gone out with some bright bastards, right? Yeah. So I was always the good one. Like, no matter how much I misbehaved, no matter how much I threw me toys out the pram, I could have me arsehole moments, but ultimately I was still always the good one because they were worse. Going out with Erkan is the first time in my life when I'm the party prick. You're the arsehole! I'm the arsehole! I'm the arsehole! <laughs> I'm the arsehole. This yes. is it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. So funny. It takes, it takes some getting used to, though, doesn't it? I was like, every time we'd have an argument, I'd be like, right, I'm going to get him here. This is where I'm going to be right. And I was never right. Oh. I've had a complete, I've had to practice humility so much going out with him. But it has brought out a nice side in us, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. And that's all about finding someone that makes you grow and be better. And that's when you know you've got the one, I think. And I, I do, I feel like I, I feel like we're both finally happy with yeah. who we're with. Well, oh, when you, get in. The, the older you get, the more you just start making more sensible choices. But ultimately, you never really know until you start. I reckon it takes about, well, you need to see someone through every season. So about a year to really get to know someone. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You can't have a fellow who's just good in the summer, mate. No one yeah, that. Yeah, or like winter, because you're like, oh, he looks cuddling. And in the summer, he's got a nice bod. No, you need to have them for all seasons. A man for all seasons. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and all decades. Aww. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. But then, right, so how have you how have you guys been spending your lockdown? You've obviously still been busy with the show and stuff, right? Yes, so, like, for Jeremy, it was a lot more difficult because he, um, he works on films and TV shows and mm-hmm. all of that just shut down completely. So yeah. it was really challenging for him. But because he's, like, he does a lot of martial arts, he's very zen, he's very calm. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that would have affected somebody that maybe wasn't as calm and zen as Jeremy. But he was actually yeah. very good. And he was really good at a assisting me and helping me like set up all my tech stuff at home like he's really good with that not today obviously he failed but usually (laughs) he's really good at doing all that stuff um and I just think um I just think we we try to do like what we usually do so it didn't disrupt our routine too much I mean to be honest uh, Vicky we didn't realize that we were living a pretty self-isolation life anyway (laughs) (laughs) and I spoke to my mum about it and my mum was like I don't see anyone anyway so like I feel like if you were a super social person and out a lot which I used to be but in the last few years I've really quietened down and I don't socialize as much as I used to it wasn't that much of a transition because don't forget I lived out in the country for about five years so I was used I was used to being really isolated and you know doing my little online shops and just kind of you know not going to restaurants and cooking from home and and all that Uh stuff that people have kind of had to adapt to you know if you're living a busy life most people go out to restaurants seeing their friends in the pub and for all that to stop really suddenly must have been a massive culture shock but yeah. for us, we were like, oh, it's just like living in Kent, like when we didn't really go out. <laughs> so we kind, we were kind of okay with it, to be honest. You've been practicing for years, have you? <laughs> We've been practicing like so, yeah, social distancing for a long time. You do, though, you know, I'm no, sure people don't. in your life that were in your life in your 20s are probably not in your life now, you're in your 30s. Like over, over the years you evolve and people go off and have families and you know, their kids become their priorities or they move countries or you know, you, you lose touch with people over the years. So like my circle has become a lot smaller over time, which is good and bad really. I think that just happens though, Kel, like, like you say, it's complete, it's natural, like, I know if, if I'd have been forced into my, my lockdown, so sort of in my late 20s, it would have been the worst thing in the world. Yeah. I would have felt super cut off, dead lonely, just isolation in its finest, but now, being in my 30s, it's like you say, like, I do like my own company, I love to read a good book, I like to cook a meal for me and Erkan, I like nothing more than sitting all day Sunday and barely moving while I binge a box set, that's my jam. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's it. And so that's, isn't that a nice place to be in that someone says you can't do something? You're like, well, actually, that's fine. I quite like my own company. I think that is, that's huge to be able to say that because a lot of people don't like their own company. Dare I say it, Kel, we are content. (laughs) No, we're we're ambitious. We still like to get out there and get stuff and do stuff. I think it's nice to keep going and uh, keep yourself um stimulated but it's just stimulated in the right ways not the wrong ways like not with like you say toxic people drinking all the other things that go with you know what 
our job would attract, you know, so. Uh So gardening, for example, like who would know, who would have knew, who would have known that I would have loved gardening so much, but to put my phone (laughs) down for like a few hours and not be scrolling and just go out there Mm. and actually acknowledge nature and the change and how beautiful that is, is just so nice. That's just been a big revelation to me. So um, I'm just finding other things that I enjoy really. Finding out you loved gardening was a, co- a proper curveball for me. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I never saw that coming. I know. But you just, you look so at home. Like I've caught various of yes, like various segments of yours on this morning and you just look so happy and like at peace. I think, Jesus Christ, I need a fucking garden. Well, do you know what? <laughs> I inherited a beautiful garden when I moved into this house in Kent about 12 years ago. And I was really mm-hmm. young then and it wasn't really... S- that house and that garden was not suited to my lifestyle at all. But I think <laughs> I bought it because it was the the house my mum wanted and never had. So I think Aww. I bought it in my mind for her. But then, like, obviously could never live in it because I was always everywhere else. And so of over course. the years, I'd kind of go home and, you know, we had a gardener and he would try and teach me stuff and point out things that were flowering. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I really <laughs> didn't appreciate it. And, um, and then it was only until like I started spending a bit more time there that I actually started saying, well, actually, can you just, what's that you're planting over there? And he would kind of talk me through it. Like he's an older guy and he would like talk me through stuff. And, and I was like, oh, actually, like I should have a bit more time for him, a bit more respect for what he does. Like he's really passionate about this. And I just completely fell in love with gardening. He really like, oh. it was like, he was like my mentor really. He's in his seventies, <laughs> little Michael. And he was like my teacher. <laughs> And so I never went. He was, yeah. It was like my little, yeah. So we had like a love every, I couldn't wait for Michael to come every Tuesday and we'd like go out and <laughs> be out all day. And it was such a lovely um, escape from what I was used to. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was like therapy to me, really. He was your Mr. Miyagi. He was. <laughs> <laughs> he was. Have you got any crazy hobbies like that? Well, I got into cooking, didn't I, Kel, last oh, year? Oh, yes, you did. I, um, so obviously I've been exactly the same as you, travelling loads, fast-paced life, in and out of hotels for God, nigh on like three to five years. Um, I've never had a proper base or anything, so I've lived off Deliveroo's and convenience food. And then, of course, I did MasterChef last year, and it just awoke this entire passion inside of us that I didn't even know existed. And yeah, now I love cooking. I cook most days. Oh, that's so great. And isn't it nice just to put your phone down and just like be focused on something else? Other than mindlessly scrolling on Instagram and making yourself feel shit. Well, and I just think, (laughs) and I just think our generation and like the younger generations, we we can become so self-absorbed and so vacuous in focusing on what we look like, our weight, our relationships and, you know, to actually look. And I feel like the reason maybe like we're so focused on our relationships as well is because that's an element of looking outside yourself to focus on something Mm -hmm. else. That's a release. So to have something Mm -hmm. that isn't a relationship and something that's cooking or gardening or whatever it is, it's just an it's just an excuse just to kind of actually not think about yourself for a minute, which I think is healthy. To just to develop yourself more as a person as well, Kel, I think. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because quite often we are completely, especially in our industry, especially our generation, totally defined by the way we look. But to offer something else, to offer a skill, to offer like, to be well read, to be accomplished in something else, I think it's a lovely trait and it does sometimes get like, it falls to the wayside. Yeah, it's true. So what is your like go-to dish then? If I was going to come around for dinner, what would you cook me? 
oh god pressure <laughs> god literally the minute you said that kel because i know you do a fantastic roast i've started to panic and the back of my knees are sweating you've made us nervous <laughs> are, you a good, are you a good do you do a good roast I do an all right roast, yeah, but honestly, I've not got that big of a kitchen, so I kind of do it on the scale I'd like to do it. Um, I think I lean in towards, like, Japanese and Thai cuisines quite a lot. I do, like, a good chicken teriyaki and a nice, like, sticky peanut butter chicken and stuff, so maybe something like that. Oh, lovely. I love a nice Thai curry. Oh, brilliant, right? Well, you're we your first guest when lockdown's <laughs> finished. I love spicy food. Jeremy hates, because he's Italian, so he doesn't like anything spicy. Right. So when he met me, he'd only like lived on pasta his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he still looked like that, the bastard. I know, he, tra- he does train a lot, but yeah, like he loves pasta. Whereas I'm much like, I'm more into protein and salads. Like I'd love a mm. chicken salad or I don't know, like a nice roast with potatoes. I'm not really a massive, mm-hmm. I love pasta, but I'm not a massive pasta fan. So is he a good cook as well then, Kel? He's actually got really good at baking. <laughs> We no, thought, like, I got given this like big KitchenAid, like I did Bake Off this year and KitchenAid uh-huh. sent me like this huge kind of like mixer and it's like, a, uh-huh. it's quite a manly looking tool. So I think he feels like it's okay because <laughs> he puts all the ingredients in and presses the button and it's like this machine and he just loves it. So he makes oh. an amazing rum cake. He does that. Stop. What else does he make? He makes some great stuff. He made like a an apple cake and like I think he misses his grandma's cooking. So he tries to make like oh. recreate all like the panettones and stuff that she used to make. Yeah, he's good. That's so cu- that's so cute. Right, this is it. When lockdown's over, double date. I'll bring the main course. Jeremy does the dessert. Perfect. I love it. Deal. <laughs> yeah, in lockdown we did like things like we'd like put cinema, like we did like a little cinema in the garden. I put a little outdoor screen out. I seen it looked yeah. so cute. Kelly, can you? Oh, it's God. so sweet. You could just do it with a, like a sheet, like put a white sheet up, and you just get an old projector and project movies on. And the sound of it, it just it felt like you was like back in the like the second world war or something it was so cute (laughs) but um you two have been absolute lockdown goals i just want to let you know (laughs) my friend my friend said you're making it look like a holiday and i I said to her well it feels like a holiday because we're able to stop and actually enjoy our time with each other Oh, and that's, that has been a really important thing that I've learned from lockdown as well, that probably we were going a bit too fast. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it has been scary, though. I mean, my anxiety, I've never really suffered anxiety, but my anxiety mm. during lockdown went through the roof. I mean, I was like, getting up in the middle of the night, like having to go and like sit in the kitchen and just like breathe because we just didn't know what was going to happen if we had it, if we didn't no. have it. Like it was just awful, wasn't it? It was an incredibly scary and uncertain time. And it's like you say, I think nothing nothing instills fear in you more than just not knowing. Yeah. It it was terrifying and, and awful. It's really lovely to know that we're sort of coming out the other side now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How did you cope with your anxiety, Kel? Did you have any techniques to help you calm yourself or anything? Well, the thing was, I'd never had anxiety before. Um, only when I get in a lift. <laughs> But that lasts like one floor and then I'm out and I'm fine. But like, you get that kind of hot, sudden flush of, I can't get out, I'm claustrophobic. So it was, trapped. yeah, so it was that trapped feeling. So uh, it would come on at night and 
I was really conscious of my breathing. Because coronavirus was all about not being able to breathe, I was thinking that I had coronavirus because I couldn't breathe. So there was this kind of element of not knowing what was a coronavirus and what was anxiety and just trying to figure it out. And then I would go and sit in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> I'd drink some apple cider vinegar. <laughs> which just sounds crazy, <laughs> but I just think that kills all germs. So I'd drink apple cider vinegar, which was mad, and then I'd have some water, and then I'd just literally uh -huh. sit on the floor, boil the kettle, make some herbal tea, and just breathe, and just try and meditate, and just try and like focus on lovely things and nice things. Mm. And then after about 15 minutes, I'd calm myself down and go back to bed, and then it got better. Mm. But I can't imagine how crippling that must be for people that have that all the time. Do you suffer from anxiety or anything like that? I feel like as I've got older, um, I think when, when you're young, you're almost fearless. And like, I don't want to um, sort of trivialize any, anybody who does go through anything in their 20s. But for me, I felt so carefree and, and so, yeah, just essentially reckless when I was younger. Like nothing really scared us. I spoke without thinking. Like I, I acted before I thought all of the time um, and I had very little I don't know just very little fear um, but as I've got older I just am so much more aware of everything going on around us and and how life is fleeting and and how I don't know how I am I, I have got a right to feel afraid of stuff so it's become worse definitely in my 30s Cal. yeah um, I and I think a lot of people are, are speaking out about it more, which is, is obviously great to get the dialogues going. Um, but it also, it's nice to know you're not alone. Yeah, no, it's true. And to be honest, because so many people have spoken out over it over the years, um, I could recognise it. Whereas if I hadn't, you yeah. know, I didn't know anxiety yeah. was a thing. I wouldn't know what that was really. So the fact that people have been having these conversations, it made me think, oh, that's, I recognised it. I was like, that's what it is. I'm anxious and this is why. And that's normal. And when you rationalise, Analyze it in your brain going of course you're going to feel like this because things have changed you know your chest is tight not because of any disease you've got but it's because you're grieving your old life you know that fast-paced yeah. life that's your what your experience is, is is like a bereavement like a grief um Absolutely. that was the only thing I could like liken it to really because it was the loss of something we'd always known and I don't think life will ever go back to how it was I think there'll be it will it will be kind of similar but I think that I think this has definitely shifted everyone and made people more aware of certain things so um I mean I was a bit of a germaphobe anyway <laughs> so <laughs> when I went, in, I, went I, I went into Whole Foods yesterday and I was like oh there's no one here this is fantastic and the woman like you know she's behind a screen and I was thinking it's sad but I'm actually quite enjoying it because it's not just you know coronavirus <laughs> it's every other disease and germ that I don't want to get as well so <laughs> it's fine <laughs> Kel you and me must be the absolute polar opposite like I am I'm not afraid of I've got I'm so ridiculous. Like I'm not. I'm not aware of germs at all. Like coronavirus proper, like brought this home for me. Just how much I should be washing my hands, how careful I should be being. Because up until up until that, I was so lackadaisy with yeah. it. Yeah, I was so irresponsible. I'd wash my hands like once a week. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. <laughs> so when I first started working at Global Radio, I remember going in and I'd never been in an office environment and I went into the kitchen and obviously everyone just puts their cups and plates and everything everywhere and they have cleaners yeah. that come around like three or four times a day. But I got culture shock. So the first thing I would do on a Saturday <laughs> morning is go in the kitchen and I'd have to clean the whole kitchen before the show. <laughs> 
Stop no, it. I proper culture shock. Stop. I got obsessed with it. I was like, I've got to clean up before I start my show. Because <laughs> I wasn't used Kelly to Brooke, being around people. Radio host and cleaner. Yeah, they were like, what is she doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, get dear. two for the price of one you when go. you pull out Kelly Brook because <laughs> I'm so used to being on my own and in my own space and creating my own space so when all of a sudden you're sharing your space so intimately like in a studio like that like, you know a radio studio is quite small um, you're in an office with like lots of people you know it was just a real like weird thing for me I could not get used to it like I'd go in and like I could smell people and I, I'd never you know I was like oh what's that smell and pe <laughs> my producer was like it's just people <laughs> and I was like oh I don't like it open a window <laughs> terrible so embarrassing no no but it's like anything like you have to get used to stuff yeah. and i think it's it's almost like the last couple of weeks when i see the world starting to i suppose open up again kelly yeah. like, it's led me to feel a little bit anxious as well and I, I put an instagram post up yesterday like i've not been feeling myself i am a bit apprehensive like i can feel my anxiety rising about the world going back to how it used to be and i don't want it to really like i've settled yeah, I've settled in quite nicely to to lockdown life, to my world being smaller. Like, don't get us wrong. I, I want to be able to hug me mum again. I'm, I'm dying for her to see me, to give me little baby niece a hug and all the rest of it. But ultimately, like, I don't want to live my life as fast as it was and with, with, with as many unnecessary people in it. Like, I just, I quite like the quiet yeah, and the calm. Yeah, I think it's really good for us all, really. Um, I, do you know what? I don't think it will go back to normal that quickly. I mean, I'm going into the West End every day. Have you been into the West End recently? Do you know what, mate? I haven't been in Lond in London for four months. Well, I mean, to think that now shops are open, cabs are driving around, right. it's empty. Yeah. It's very really? quiet. Yeah, it's not. Right. People aren't, they're not running out the door to go into Zara and buy a dress or go to Pret and get a sandwich. Like, people are not back in the office. People, are, I think that, I think what's going to happen is that there'll be, like, much more, like, flexi working and people will work from yes. home a few days of the week and then come in. Like, I got a train the other day. I was the only person on the carriage. Honestly? Yeah, it's... That shocked me. Like. Yeah, there's just nobody around. It's super quiet. It's just everyone's reaction, because obviously we're going to be allowed to drink in pubs and club, like, restaurants and stuff from this weekend, and everyone's reaction to it, it's like, can't wait making this like make making this reservation doing this doing that i think i've been pouring my own measures from home for the last four months if i get a drink in a bar i'm not going to think there's any alcohol in it exactly <laughs> we had our i'm happy at home we had our first takeaway pint the other weekend and it was oh it tasted oh, so I... good oh there's <laughs> yes. nothing better we were like oh let's just go in and get a takeaway pint and sit in the park um, it was so nice. Like I do miss the pubs not being open because I just love going on a Sunday and sitting in a pub, having a roast and a pint. It's like, like that's you know, it's a part of our culture. We need it. She, she misses that good British tradition. <laughs> yeah, <doesn't> absolutely. <laughs> Oh, Kel, it's been so lovely chatting to you. I hope you don't mind if we break for part one now and I welcome you back in part right. two to talk all things Vicky Patterson, The Secret <laughs> All right, see you soon. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 